0: Won't you be my neighbor? Greetings and welcome to an odyssey in I'm your grateful host, Dan Lyon. If you didn't recognize that line, won't you be my neighbor? That's how Fred McFeely Rogers, a.k.a. Mr. Rogers, opened the 895 episodes of his shows, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. There's a chance I'd heard of Fred Rogers prior to the 2019 movie about him, but I don't remember. And on some level, I am thankful that the 30-year-old version of me knew nothing of Mr. Rogers. I'm embarrassed to think of some of the comments I might have made. You see, I was one of those one-trick ponies as a kid. It was outside playing, as we used to call it. YMCA athletics, local parks, or after-school sports and that was about all. I didn't watch television, no cartoons or comic books. The only superhero I heard of was Superman. No arts and crafts, no plays, maybe a movie on occasion. My parents, God bless them, concerned with the lack of dimensionality to my existence, tried to give me a little culture. They hired a piano instructor who came to the house. My God, the whole neighborhood was outside playing kickball and I was stuck inside with Mr. Lincoln Ludwig as he tried to teach me C-flat. Two lessons were as far as I got. Mr. Ludwig told my parents, I didn't have the aptitude for the piano. The next attempt was to make me a Boy Scout. Jesus, I had less of an aptitude for that than I did the piano. I was done after the first meeting not tying tenderfoots and all the like, were not for me. So it was a blessing I knew nothing of Fred Rogers during his television run from 1968 until 2002. I would have missed his brilliance. In a few seconds, we will watch a six or so minute video of him testifying before Congress. The testimony was to defend the $20 million in federal funding allocated to the newly formed public public broadcasting station, for which Rogers had the marquee show, the aforementioned Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. The Senate Subcommittee on Communications was reviewing the administration's proposed $10 million cut in funding. Fred Rogers was recruited to persuade them otherwise. The chairman of the subcommittee, Senator John Pastore, was not at all familiar with Rogers or the work he did. And initially, as you'll see, he was very abrasive with him in the hearing. Pastore had the typical politician's personality characteristics, an alpha male with a type A personality, the antithesis of Rogers' personality profile. Let's watch the clip.
1: Rogers, to you now. All right, Rogers, you got the floor. (laughs) Senator Pastore, this is a philosophical statement and would take about ten minutes to read, so I'll not do that. Uh, One of the first things that a child learns in a healthy family is trust, and I trust what you have said that you will read this. It's very important to me. I care deeply about children. My first children... Will it make you happy if you read it? I'd just like to talk about it if all it's right, all right. Sir. Okay. My first children's program was on WQED 15 years ago, and its budget was $30. Now, with the help of the Sears Roebuck Foundation, and National Educational Television, as well as all of the affiliated stations. Each station pays to show our program. It's a unique kind of funding in educational television. With this help, now our program has a budget of $6,000. It may sound like quite a difference, but $6,000 pays for less than two minutes of cartoons, two minutes of animated, what I sometimes say, bombardment. I'm very much concerned, as I know you are, about what's being delivered to our children in this country. And I've worked in the field of child development for six years now, trying to understand the inner needs of children. We deal with such things as, as the inner drama of childhood. We don't have to bop somebody over the head to make, him, to, to make drama on the screen. We deal with such things as getting a haircut or the feelings about brothers and sisters and the kind of anger that arises in simple family situations. And we speak to it constructively. How long a program is it? It's a half hour every day. Most channels schedule it in the noon time as well as in the evening. Uh, WETA here has scheduled it in the late afternoon. Could we get a copy of this so that we can see it? Maybe not today, but I'd like to see the program. I'd like very much for you I'd to like see. I'd like to see the program itself, or any one of them, you see. We, we made a hundred programs for EEN, the Eastern Educational Network. And then when the money ran out, people in Boston and Pittsburgh and Chicago all came to the fore and said, we've got to have more of this neighborhood expression of care. And this is what, this is what I give. I give an expression of care every day to each child to help him realize that he is unique. I end the program by saying, you've made this day a special day by just your being you. There's no person in the whole world like you, and I like you just the way you are. And I feel that if we in public television can only make it clear that feelings are mentionable and manageable, we will have done a great service for mental health. Uh, I think that it's much more dramatic that two men could be working out their feelings of anger, much more dramatic than showing something of gunfire. I'm constantly concerned about what our children are seeing And for 15 years I have tried in this country and Canada to present what I feel is a meaningful expression of care. Do you Uh, narrate it? I'm the host, yes. And I do all the puppets and I write all the music and I write all the script. Well, I'm supposed to be a pretty tough guy and this is the first time I've had goosebumps for the last two days. (laughs) Well, I'm grateful not only for your goosebumps but for your interest in in our kind of communication. Could I tell you the words of one of the songs which I feel is very important? Yes. This has to do with that good feeling of control, which I feel that that children need to know is there. And it starts out, what do you do with the mad that you feel? And that first line came straight from a child. I work with children doing puppets in in very personal communication with small groups. What do you do with the mad that you feel, when you feel so mad you could bite, when the whole wide world seems oh so wrong and nothing you do seems very right? What do you do? Do you punch a bag? Do you pound some clay or some dough? Do you round up friends for a game of tag or see how fast you go? It's great to be able to stop when you've planned a thing that's wrong and be able to do something else instead and think this song. I can stop when I want to, can stop when I wish, can stop, stop, stop anytime. And what a good feeling to feel like this and know that the feeling is really mine. Know that there's something deep inside that helps us become what we can. For a girl can be someday a lady, and a boy can be someday a man. I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. Looks like you just earned the $20 million.
0: (laughs) I think it's wonderful. Right before our very eyes, we saw Chairman Pastore transformed by the soft-spoken Rogers. You heard him. With tears in his eyes, he told us he had goosebumps. Since Aristotle's time to the present day, we've known that intuition, feelings, and emotions always trump reason, rationality, and analytics when it comes to persuasion. But for some reason, a good number of us emphasize the latter over the former regarding our communication styles, especially us males. One communications professor likes to use the metaphor of a human riding an elephant. The rider, of course, thinks he's in charge and is directing the elephant. But the elephant knows the truth. The rider is almost completely insignificant. Mr. Elephant is not going anywhere he doesn't want to go. With this metaphor, conscious reasoning, rationale, and analytical communications are represented by the 150-pound rider. And the intuitive, emotional, and feeling parts are represented by the 13,000-pound elephant. Yet still most of us insist on communicating rider to rider. Here are seven reasons you are wrong. Here are the facts. Here is what the Wall Street Journal reports. When in fact, the way to persuade people is to speak to the elephant first. Hey, you've always had good ideas in the past. You have such a natural way with children. You were right when you said such and such the other day. If we speak to the elephant first, he brings the rider along. Now reasoning and analytics will be considered. If we don't speak to the elephant first, he won't budge an inch. Or worse, he'll make a U-turn telling his rider, Hey, this guy's a friggin' idiot. Then the rider is not even within earshot any longer. Don't be fooled by the simplicity of Mr. Rogers' communication style. He not only spoke to Pastore's elephant, he masterfully employed Aristotle's rhetorical triangle of ethos, pathos, and logos. First, using ethos, convincing the committee of his credibility and authority. Mr. Pastore, I care deeply about children. The second leg of the triangle, pathos, an appeal to emotions. I'm very much concerned, as I know you are, Mr. Pastore, about what's being delivered to our children in this country. And finally, logos, an appeal to logic. Now that Rogers had established credibility and stirred the emotion of Chairman Pastore, he can throw some simple logic in. And when the money ran out, people in Boston, Pittsburgh, and Chicago all came to the fore and said, we've got to have more of this neighborhood expression of care. The last point I'll make about Fred Rogers speaking style is that he didn't fit the classic profile of a successful public speaker. He spoke at only about 120 words per minute, where the average professional speaker is between 150 and 160 words. He used very little vocal variety and gestures were almost non-existent. But what he did have in abundance and arguably the single most important ingredient for an effective public speaker is sincerity and authenticity. And though no, Rogers didn't get the 20 million he was asking for, the Senate appropriated 22 million for PBS. Mr. Rogers ended each show telling the children, "You made my day a special day just by you being you. There is no person in the whole world like you, and I like you just the way you are." Most of us could not get away with such a corny closing salutation, but Fred McFeely Rogers could. As for me and my part, that's all there is today. If you're listening, please follow me on your podcasting hosting site, and if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe, like, comment, and share. This is Dan Riley taking you on an odyssey into oratory. Until next time, throw off the boat lines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails. We're on the move. Next.